Guys, it feels good to be back here at the club Tokyo. Hi, how you doing? Where you from? What do you do for a living? Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the very first, the inaugural episode of the It's a Classic podcast. And hi, my name's Nathan, and I'm here with my daughter, Jessica. Jess, how are you doing? I'm doing well. All hi. right. You know, and we're we are recording on a Monday night, and uh, like I said, this is our first episode, so we're going to give you a little background on uh, what we're doing here, but I got to say, this is one of the most fun projects I think I've ever been a part of, and I'm super excited for us to share what we're going to be doing with you guys. But let's talk a little bit about what it's a classic is i am a child i am a gen x child i grew up on the movies of the 70s the 80s and the 90s and and when i say 90s i mean that's my college years the 80s were my high school and elementary years and of course i'm a small child in the 70s but movies have always been very important to me as they are to you jess yes they've been very important yeah you love movies you love theater you enjoy fine cinema right yes yeah (laughs) Well, there are movies that I grew up watching, and some of them you've seen. Some of them we've watched together. Quite a few. Quite a few. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of people in my age demographic, there are a lot of movies that we would say, that movie's a classic. And yet, somehow, I often wonder, uh, do my kids, does my child think that that movie is a classic? And so that's what this podcast is all about. This podcast is about you and I sitting down, father and daughter, and watching a selection of movies that have been carefully curated. Um, And we'll explain the rules in just a second. For us to watch together, some of those movies I consider a classic. Some of those movies I don't. But ultimately, it's going to come down to a Gen Z, Gen X debate over whether a movie is actually a classic and should be considered a classic going forward. Now, here are the rules. All the movies that we're going to be watching follow these three guidelines. The first one is they must be available on a current streaming service that we ourselves subscribe to. So that's Netflix, HBO Max, uh, I think uh, Disney Plus, yeah, uh, Prime Videos one, and of mm-hmm. course Tubi, which is for free, but Tubi is like the greatest collection of <laughs> just garbage movies out there oh, and I love them for it. It's amazing. amazing. So they have to be on a current streaming service. So that means that uh, some movies aren't going to show up in this podcast because say there's a movie, somebody says, oh, but Ghostbusters is a classic. Well, if it's not streaming, then we're not going to watch it because it has to be available. And that I think what that does is that opens up uh, some doors and some uh, movies that maybe we wouldn't have considered. But, you know, you never know what you're going to find. Second, you have to watch the movie all the way through. You cannot watch a movie only three quarters of the way and make a, a, a sound judgment, an informed decision on whether it's a classic or not. And finally, the movies we're going to be talking about are set between a very specific time period, and that is uh, the time period of which I grew up. And so all movies will be between the years 1973 and 1999. We will not be getting into any movies in the 2000s. We will not be getting into any movies prior to 1973. These are movies that I have, uh, in my lifetime, these movies have been released. And for many of these, I might have watched them later in uh, my you know formative years. But all of them I have seen as a child, teenager, or college student. They aren't ones that I've gone back and watched now. So... Those are our rules. Are you ready to do this? I am so ready. You are so ready for this. Okay. <laughs> so uh, in starting out this podcast, uh, we had to make a decision. And really, ultimately, I made the decision. Of it was what all would, him. Yeah, it was all me. <laughs> yeah. 
And in fact, I kind of surprised you. I sprung <laughs> it on you. But uh, I had to come up with what would be a great kickoff movie. And there's a lot of movies that a lot of people would think, hey, that makes a total sense. And you're talking about a child of the 80s, Gen X. You oh, know, maybe absolutely. it's The Breakfast Club. Maybe I was it's, rooting for uh, Breakfast you Club. You were rooting for Breakfast Club. <laughs> maybe it's Pretty in Pink. But I thought, you know what? There's one movie that it holds a special place in my heart because I can remember seeing this movie uh, at the Lycoming County Mall Theater. Now, for those guys who grew up in the 80s and 90s, going to the theater was a big deal because that's where we watched all our movies. I don't think it's as big a deal anymore because it's so accessible. But for us, the theaters we had in our town, in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, you had two theaters close by. And both theaters showed different movies, and that's how it was back then. You would have some of the bigger name movies would be over at the mall, because of course it's the mall, and then some of the other movies, some of the secondary, second-tier popular movies would be over at the right uh, the shopping center where the Kmart was. But this movie was at the mall, and I can remember my mother taking me and my cousin Kelly, he came down to visit for the summer, and he brought it to my attention that we need to see this movie, because he loved the people that were had directed this film and the people who were in it. And that movie is One Crazy Summer. Now, you may not know this movie. You may think that this movie is a classic. But without any judgment here, we're going to talk about this movie. But let me give you a little background on it. One Crazy Summer is the second collaboration between Savage Steve Holland, the director, and John Cusack, who you would know from Say Anything as Lloyd Dobler. And I love, okay, so here's what I love, is John Cusack in the 80s, he played basically the same character, but always with these really cool names. So in Better Off Dead, which was the first movie he did with Savage Steve Holland, he was uh, Lane Meyer. You get to One Crazy Summer, he's Hoops McCann. (laughs) And then in uh, and then yeah, oops. <laughs> and then in uh, say anything, he's Lloyd Dobler. Great, great name, great name. But let me give you the synopsis of this movie, okay? Because One Crazy Summer, I believe personally, was uh, the precursor. It, it's it's kind of the spiritual grandfather. Better off dead and One Crazy Summer, the spiritual grandparent to Dumb and Dumber. Oh, so yeah. that's what we're getting into. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of this eighties. Uh, not surrealist, but this 80s absurdist comedy. And that's what it is. Here's the storyline. It says, with a name like Hoops McCann, he's bound to get that basketball scholarship after high school, right? Wrong. What Hoops really wants to do is write and illustrate a love story. To help him find his way, his friend George invites Hoops to come with him and his sister to spend the summer on Nantucket Island. The friend's crazy summer begins when they pick up Cassandra on the way. She's being chased by a motorcycle gang, and from here on, it only gets crazier. Once on the island, Hoops and George, along with George's island friends, the Stork Twins, and Akak, the son of a Marine, must help Cassandra save her grandfather's house from the greedy Beckerstead family. Along the way, Hoops must find a way to write his cartoon love story, and maybe a real one of his own. One crazy summer. Uh, one of, I'm going to go ahead and put it out there, one of my favorite uh, movie-going moments in my childhood. It came out in 1986, uh, so I was right around the fifth, sixth grade uh, uh, years. Um, the movie has an interesting cast. We have John Cusack, which you know. Of course, yeah. Demi Moore, in not her first movie, but one of her earlier films. It's not her f- first one. Joel Murray, brother of Bill Murray, and Jessica, I have to tell you, Yes. This was your first experience with Bob Goldthwaite. Now, if you don't know who Bob Goldthwaite is, back in the 80s, uh, he actually goes by Bobcat Goldthwaite. Oh. Um, yes, that's his, that's his name. Bobcat Goldthwaite is a comedian from the 80s. He was in uh, 
the uh, Police Academy movies, and he had a very distinctive persona. And I'm going to say persona because if you know Bob Goldthwait, you've seen him outside of this persona and and know that this is not necessarily who he is, but it's just a way he he does some of his comedy. And that is uh, what you heard at the beginning of this podcast was a clip from One Crazy Summer. And if you know who Bob Goldthwait is, you, you know what I'm talking about. How did you feel when you first heard him? I, I watched your face when you when he came on screen for the first time. Um, yeah, he was one of the twins, correct? He's the yeah. he's the short one. Yes, yeah. yes. No, with the voice. Yeah. I mean, that's his distinctive thing is the voice. I. I have a weird relationship with those kinds of characters because part of me just, I love them and they're so funny and they, they can add to the story, but part of me is like, come on, man. Like, so it felt a little forced to you. <laughs> it, it does a little bit, but also with him and the way he did it, he did a really good job of not taking over the whole movie, but he, yeah, you, he's I think still it, lo- you, you see him come on screen and you're like, oh, he's back. Yay. Yeah. So his scenes. Yeah. And he's got some great lines. Uh, who else is in this movie? Curtis Armstrong. And if you, if you know, Revenge of the Nerds, he played Booger and uh, he was also in Better Off Dead with John Cusack. Uh, looking through this cast list. I mean, it, it's pretty cool because you have Laura Waterbury who plays the crossing guard in One Crazy Summer who played Ricky's mom in Better Off Dead. Uh, you have John Matusak. Do you know who John Matusak is? I feel like I know that name. <laughs> he's a football ex-football player. He's he's yeah. passed. He's since passed. He was sloth in oh! the Goonies. Okay. Yeah, he was sloth. He <laughs> was the purple-haired motorcycle gang member in One Crazy Summer. He played sloth in the I Goonies. I did not catch that he at all. <laughs> had, he was in a lot of movies during the 80s. In fact, he was in, uh, if I remember, he's in a movie with Ringo Starr called Caveman. Uh, so Ringo Starr of the Beatles made a movie <laughs> yeah. in the 80s. Um, but so, so even just beginning this movie, there's a lot of people you would recognize. You may not know who they are. Joe Flaherty, who was part of SCTV, uh, John Candy and all those guys. He plays Akak's dad. Um just a fun I won't I won't use the word crazy but just it's a movie that when you first watch it you kind of at first have to kind of get into it what what is your initial feeling or thought about this movie I have to say I do like this movie it hasn't it's not like up on my top top list but I will say like it's a very fun movie and it's a movie that you can brainlessly watch yeah you can you you really can turn your brain off so here's what's interesting if you want to watch this movie we had to get it on youtube for free it is odd it's yeah it's currently streaming on youtube but you can't find better off dead the previous movie now here's some trivia about that uh savage steve holland as i said was the director of both movies and uh he had worked with john cusack on better off dead and part of one of the things in both those movies are these animated sequences and in this one yeah you got hoops who is drawing the cartoon the rhinoceros yeah and the cute fuzzy bunnies that he kills with an israeli submachine gun (laughs) that is actually done by savage steve holland he did the animation and here's a little bit of trivia at the end of one crazy summer the rabbits are modeled after gene siskel and roger ebert the critics you know roger (laughs) ebert very famous film critic because they hated better off dead that's and funny. so he wrote them into as one of the evil fuzzy bunnies who gets, you know, blown up at the end. Um, let's see what else we got. These are just some trivia things and we'll continue to talk about the movie. Uh, Savage Steve Holland, he and John Cusack did not get along during filming. And that's because Cusack was disappointed with Better Off Dead. And he was actually angry with Holland. Um, they finally, he said Cusack finally lightened up after that film received good reviews, but he never spoke to uh, Savage Steve Holland again. Um, let's see. 
Also, this is Jeremy Piven's first theatrical feature with John Cusack. And if you know who Jeremy Piven is, uh, they're friends. They were in Gross Point Blank together. Jer- uh, Jeremy Piven's in one of my all-time uh, favorite movies that grew on me later, PCU, which we will get to PCU. Uh, <laughs> that's a good movie. Um, this was his first starring or the- theatrical feature because he's a, he's a supporting actor with John Cusack, his friend. Um, let's see. Uh, Demi Moore plays a musician. Um, and, uh, uh, her character, Cassandra, um, is, uh, on the run. And I think what I loved about, and let me, let me ask you how you felt about this. Um, how did you feel about her portrayal as a musician? I, I actually, I liked it. I liked the thought of her kind of doing it on her own. And it was a thought of like, music isn't her this is going to be really odd how I want to explain it, but music is who she is, but it's not her whole life, if that makes sense. Okay. Like, okay. It, it, it is a big part of her personality, but she doesn't let it take over. Yeah, she just kind of is a museum. And she's museum good too. musician. Okay, but okay, here's the thing. Uh, I, I don't know if she actually did her singing in the movie. It does kind of sound like her voice, but I one of my favorite things about the music part is that uh, it's very 80s cliche. There's yeah. the hand up in the air while she's singing. One of the things I think is absolutely hysterical during she does a show, you know, because yeah. there's always a reason to raise money in these movies, right? They got to mm-hmm. raise money to save her grandfather's house. And so they have a benefit for her. And the watching it now in hindsight, you know, after many, many, many years, I'm sitting there looking at the stage going, where did she get three backup singers <laughs> dressed like waitresses? Yeah, because like she starts out and she's got this backup band, which is like, okay, small town. She probably grew up there, probably knows a, knows a few guys from like her dad or something, whatever. Yeah. And then they get to the scene with the benefit and I'm like... It's all different people. Yeah, this it is, is all like, different. She what? actually, yeah, she actually got. Uh, but I love the fact that her backup dancers are dressed like waitresses. Now, looking on IMDb, okay, I have a question about the waitresses. Okay, hold on, let me tell you, and you can ask me that. Okay, she did actually sing the song "Don't Look Back" in that scene, so she did Yay. sing it. Um, which okay, I'm impressed. Uh, it might be the only song she sang on. I know she does two songs in the movie, but I think mm-hmm. that may be the only song she actually sang on. And this was a great soundtrack. I was actually uh, impressed because for a movie that was, a, I think, a fairly low budget one, it had a great soundtrack. So you got to start thinking oh, yeah. about, you know, all the uh, all the right music rights and stuff. But I mean, they had Twisted Sister, uh, they had ZZ Top, and so uh, for the '80s, the soundtrack was was pretty solid. Now, what were you going to say about? You had a question about the waitresses. It's a really stupid question, but were the waitresses the what are the dad that's trying to take her house? Is that his like? I don't. Oh, you think it's his his clean like his staff at yeah, the house? Is that? I don't think so. I didn't pay close enough attention because they look um, familiar. Yeah, they did look familiar. Okay, so let's let's talk a little bit about the plot. We've got Hoops, right? Hoops yes. is an artist, and right away this movie is where you figure where you understand how ridiculous this movie is going to be. When did you pick up on how ridiculous this movie <laughs> the was going to be? The second the animation pops up, I'm like, okay, okay. So it was the we're animation. Get, yeah, for you. We're, we're getting into this. Okay, so so the animation for me was just kind of a funny. It was the scene right after that when the cat walks into his litter box <laughs> and he's got trophies of all the animals he's killed on the I side. I thought that was just weird decorations. No, no, no. You didn't that. catch that? That's yeah. really funny. You're going to have to watch it again then because <laughs> the cat has all the trophies. There's like a bird and a mouse. Yeah, I, saw and... like, I, I thought it was just like a bunch of fish heads. Oh, no, 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 no. It was the, the, the cat is a hunter and those That's are his trophies. Funny. 
Um, so that kind of sets up the tone of, of what kind of movie you're in for. And, you know, you have the guy who's killed at graduation because he throws his cap and it stabs him in the back. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got, uh, I, I love, one of my favorite laugh out loud parts is when uh, he's talking about the car he's going to get for his for his next step in life. And, and Hoops is like, my mom thinks I'm going to be a street cleaner. And she got him a street cleaning car or machine. That's his car. Everybody's getting so all these funny. nice cars. You know, so you have this, you know right away uh it's just gonna be dumb ridiculous it's gonna Uh, be ridiculous there's like i don't think there's really a break i mean even with like the kind of slower parts with cassandra and hoops you get like there's a scene where he she's walking away and then all of a sudden he stops her he's like um i'm stuck in quick in the sand sand, which everybody's (laughs) done you know you've sunk in the stand before yeah you have this there's there's a joke every 10 seconds in this movie i mean it just comes rapid fire so if you like when we said we were going to sit down and watch this was there a point where you said okay this is too much i don't i don't think so because thankfully it wasn't one joke after the other like every two seconds it was more like every minute which that may sound overwhelming for some people but i i grew up watching like. this kind of movies. well okay so you do up, have, i grew up loving this stuff so you do so. have a little bit of a bias because we did watch this yeah we with watched you. All, all the ridiculous things and like monty python and yeah. all kind of this the the humor where they're throwing everything at you and they do it in a way where there's so much going on you don't realize how many layers to the humor that's happening yeah there there are keep happening there are some really smart jokes in this in this movie on on top of the idiocy that's going yeah. on and and maybe you don't think it's as smart as i do i, I mean Another one of my laugh out loud scenes is where Egg, Bobcat Goldthwait, and and his brother Tom Villard, are who plays, um, oh I can't remember his name. Um, I'll find it in a second. Uh, they're sitting on the beach with a Clay, the Stork Brothers, Egg and Clay. Uh, they're sitting on the beach with John Cusack, and he's drawing, and the bad guy, uh, the main the main antagonist, uh, he his girlfriend walks up. And asks if they would help uh, put their boat in the water. They have this sailboat. And she's like, hey, Hoops, would you guys help us put our boat in the water? And John Cusack turns to him and says, uh, what do you say, boys? Shall we help these lovely ladies? And Bobcat Goldthwait goes, nah, man, that, that sounds like work. <laughs> and, and for some yeah. reason, that move, that that line makes me that laugh. That line lashed on, I have a younger sibling, and... He, he now says that to me. Oh, that he sounds say, like work. Yeah. Um, so thanks for that. But Well, you know. Oh, the bad guy. His name is Teddy. Teddy, Teddy yes. Beckerstead, Teddy. who's always doing his laps, which is another yeah. joke. Yeah. You caught that one. You you thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, he's always doing his laps with water wings. I, um, yeah. I'm, I'm a sucker for some like visual comedy yeah like a like a grown man doing laps in a pool with floaties yeah. that'll get me that's me pretty funny me slapper right there um here's here's another bit of trivia which you don't know but uh you wouldn't know but but i always found fun mark metcalf plays uh the beckerstead dad teddy's dad in in this movie and if you don't know who mark metcalf is Mark Metcalf was in one of the biggest comedies of all time. He played Doug Niedermeyer in Animal House. Um, so if you know Animal House, which uh, I'm not sure you're quite ready for Animal House yet, <laughs> but, uh, but Doug Niedermeyer uh, was played by Mark Metcalf. And Mark Metcalf plays uh, Teddy's father, who really he's the prime antagonist he in is. this He's movie. kind of the facilitator for 
or Teddy's kind of the, kind of the he carries out his father's Teddy's kind of the henchman. Want. Yeah, 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 he's the henchman. He's the um what do you call it? Like in Scapegoat the, maybe. Yeah, Frankenstein's child. Oh, he's uh, the, yeah, 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 yeah. He's the Igor yeah, he's to his Igor. dad. He's the Igor to his dad. Um uh you know, and Mark Metcalf plays this character that uh you know, he's his his height of evil is that he likes to listen to lobsters scream in the pot while they're being steamed. The weirdest, <laughs> and I also part of me in that scene was like, okay, but how is your stethoscope not melt, melt in the boiling melting, water? <laughs> boiling water. Why didn't you just put it on the outside? Why did yeah. it have to be? Uh, so yeah, uh, because uh, Mr. Beckerstead wants to open up a yeah. uh, a chain of lobster restaurants, but it relies on the fact that his son has to win the infamous boat regatta, race. The regatta, but which I think the funniest thing is this whole thing where if he doesn't win, his dad so. Teddy's dad, Teddy's the grandfather. grandfather. That is the funniest bit in the whole show because the grandfather comes by and they stop talking. Hey, dad. Hey. Goes off and they start keep talking and he comes back again. Oh, hey. Hey. And he keeps going again. That, I was. Why were you laughing. thought that was so I funny? I thought that was so funny. That I mean, it is a funny me. scene. What always struck me about that was the only way that they could make the restaurant is Teddy had to win. At no point does the grandfather say those are the stakes. Like, yeah. I, you can't have this. I will not bankroll you if you don't win the uh, the race. He does say it, but only after he finds out. What, I think he finds out later what's going on because he, he says it at the end. No, he never says it. What he says at the end is he goes, I don't care about the trophy. This is something more important. Friendship. Oh, the, the grandfather. So right. And so somehow we get this plot point, which is typical. And maybe yeah. you know, maybe they cut it out. Of there's this ridiculous reason they have to win the race. It's like why why would you have to win the race to put a lobster restaurant in? You have all this money, but apparently that's what they have to do. So. Uh, you you know just like any great '80s movie, you have the setup, you have mm-hmm. the problem, uh, hoops and and Cassandra trying to save her house, which they do, and then you've got, uh, but then uh, they find out that Beckerstead's already bought the the mortgage, and ultimately it comes down to this regatta. Now here's something funny. Joe Flaherty, who's in this movie playing Akak's dad, was on SCTV, Second City TV, with John Candy. One year before this movie, John Candy was in another movie, summer comedy, about winning a regatta, and that was Summer Rental. So two guys who worked together one year apart were in a movie about winning a sailboat race. And, uh, you know, so it's it's... It's a very uh, uh, a it's a very typical plot yeah. point. Uh, but you there's know, always something to save. Well, there's always something to save, but there's always a moment where, and this is the same thing in Summer Rental. There's always this moment where all looks lost, but they pull the magic rabbit out of the hat. Yeah. And you in this movie, it it's in, <laughs> it's the engine from Teddy's Ferrari, which is another one of these great scenes with where they let Bob Goldthwait, Bobcat Goldthwait, go nuts. Right? Yeah. I mean, he gets to go nuts. He gets to be himself. He gets to really like dive into that that persona he has which leads to one of the best payoffs Mm -hmm. in the whole movie and we're telling you a lot of this but it's worth i think it's worth seeing but uh so um ultimately you have they win the day everybody gets what they want and uh and and you know everybody lives happily ever after except the uncle in the attic who we have not mentioned oh Oh, the uncle in the attic. Do you want to explain the uncle in the attic? (laughs) Yes. So the uncle in the attic, he has an obsession 
with um, a radio show. And if you've ever listened to the radio, they'll have segments like, if you call in now, we're giving away $50,000. Do they still do that? Yes, they do. Okay, because I don't yeah. listen to the radio anymore, no. but it was huge when I was oh, your absolutely. age. Yeah. And so they, their radio station is giving away $15 million. That was $1 million. No, $1 million. It was it's, only $1 yeah, million. Dollars. $1 million. And so... Uh, his friend is saying, yeah, no, every summer he sits up in the, it's a room with a table. And nothing else in it. A phone and a radio. And, and, a, and, and a bunch of cigarette butts and an ashtray because he smokes constantly. Yeah. yeah. He sits there and waits and waits and waits. And through the whole movie, it cuts to him in this room. And he like accidentally throws the radio in the bathtub at one point. And launches himself and launch, out yeah. of, yeah. And at one, at the, when he finally gets it. He snaps the cord to, to the, the phone. To the he phone. unplugs the phone. He unplugs the phone and then launches a bazooka. Which is a which is <laughs> is not it's okay, but but they made sure they under you understood how the bazooka got in there. Yes. It was Akax. Yeah, because their friend moves in over the summer because he gets kicked out. And shares a room with him. But yeah, we end <laughs> with this shot of of him blowing up the radio station, which another bit of trivia. The radio DJ in this DJ in this movie is Rich Little. Rich Little, when I was your age and younger, was one of the best impressionists in the world. Mm-hmm. He used to have all these specials on HBO and do his celebrity impressions. So that's actually Rich Little uh, doing the radio, uh, yeah. doing the radio thing. But at the end, you know, uh, he blows up the radio station. I did, and... I did not think the bazooka was going to go towards the radio tower. I'm going to be real honest. I uh, thought there was going to be something. Like well, you thought it was going to be like a suicide by yeah. bazooka. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, there are, that's something about uh, Savage Steve Holland. These movies, they're funny, but there's a certain level of dark humor to it. Oh my god! I mean, Better Off Dead is literally about a guy who's trying to kill himself over his girlfriend, and he keeps failing at it. Um, and and that's kind of the humor. So, in that regard, uh, for something like Better Off Dead or One Crazy Summer, do you think there's any humor that doesn't hold up in this movie? I oh. I want to, like, do you mean, like, that doesn't make sense? Or doesn't make sense, or maybe it's like, okay, maybe that joke wouldn't play these days. I don't know about wouldn't play, because I don't think there was much in this movie that yeah. teased the line that much. Yeah. Um. I, what was I thinking about? Oh, I think the basketball plot was funny, but they didn't do it consistently enough. Yeah, okay, yeah, so that's because, one of the plot points. Like, is they talk about the scholarship. They don't mention this. They mentioned him playing basketball. They don't mention the scholarship again after yeah, that point. And that they, one was like, eh. That's one of the running jokes is that his name is Hoops, but he can't hit yeah. a basket. But they only, it's, I think, three times in the movie they bring it up. Yeah, yeah. I think, it, yeah, it's something like that three times. Yeah. So maybe that's an inconsistency in a and joke. If they brought it up more, it'd be funny. Like, if it was a little thing throughout movies that he was consistently, yeah. like, throwing things and missing, yeah. then that would be hilarious. Like, that just little thing there would be hilarious. Yeah. But, I think I think probably the only and I hate to say this it's it's one of the funniest jokes again that I find mm-hmm. several super funny but it's uh, Bobcat Goldthwait's monologue about the fat kid. Let me tell you a story about a little fat kid with a funny voice and they like is that fat kid you? He's like no man I used to beat him up <laughs> and again oh. <laughs> and it's not terrible maybe it's a little insensitive but it's a joke that plays really oh, so- well. The reactions are what gets you because he says that and they both kind of just look at him like, are you nuts, man? Because, like, because it kind of comes out of nowhere. Like, you fully does. expect this is going to be this cheesy thing. He's like, and he's like, no. he's coming out of his shit. And you're like, yeah. oh, no, that's not what nah, I was going. man, I used to beat him up. I'd <laughs> scream and go, why are you so fat? Why? <laughs> 
Um, so, okay, maybe that, you know, this maybe is a good start for us because yeah. overall the movie as a whole is, I wouldn't say pushes any boundaries or anything, but at the same yeah. time, it's one of those movies that I like literally can sit down and watch. And yeah. we haven't even touched on a lot of the running jokes like Foam, the rabbit, you know, Foam 2, the movie they're shooting about the rabid dolphin. Oh, the, yeah. You know, the dolphin with rabies. <laughs> and uh, we haven't talked about uh, the dog. Uh, Bosco. Oh my gosh, the, the sister. Dog. <laughs> There's a dog in here that everybody, you know, if the sister It's such is, a cute dog. It's a cute it's dog. It's adorable little dog. But uh, the sister, the way she handles people who, who make fun of her dog, that's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, and her name is Squid, which I love. Her name such is Such a sweet little yeah, name for a little her girl. Is, her name is Squid. Um, and then the guy, the 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 heavyweight or the heavy set guy who sits on the uh, lawn chair and keeps knocking out John Cusack's friend <laughs> with his gas. That's that's another uh, highbrow humor. But uh, but overall, you know, uh, it's a movie that I, uh, me personally, here's where I'm going to yeah. land on it. It's a movie that I I recall fondly. I recognize that it's not high art. But it's one of those movies that consistently gets a laugh out of me. It's one of those ones that I think back and I go, you know what? This movie is a classic to me because it it represents a time period that, uh, you know, Dumb and Dumber kind of recreated that. Yes. But here's the thing that I think is different about these two movies is as dark as maybe Better Off Dead got or... One Crazy Summer God is nutty. There's an innocence to these movies that I don't think Dumb and Dumber has. Yeah. Dumb and Dumber is, you know, stupid, and but it's smart stupid, but it also is uh, is more of a, we're going to lean on the crassness. Mm-hmm. And I don't think One Crazy Summer does that. I think they there's a good-natured silliness to it. Uh, absolutely. I think a lot of it, it's that kind of, like, you know when you listen to music? Yeah. And you get that feeling of just, like, summer and fun and... Being with your friends and stuff like that. And that's the kind of emotion you get when you watch these So movies. they played it up. They played up Just that whole summer that fun. That summer feeling of nothing yeah. can go wrong. Nothing can go truly wrong. You're just enjoying life. Yeah. You're, you're going out. You're just being nuts. It's when be, that kind of like that being nuts is permitted because yeah. you're not. And that's true because it is. I mean, like, overall, the movie's, the movie's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> But like I said, there's a good naturedness to it. Yeah, uh, it, there's there's not a there's not a cynicism to it. And it's even in the things of like I I really loved Hoops and Cassandra's relationship in the beginning because of how innocent their friendship was. There was those like kind of romantic moments. But oh yeah, and then was, she helps him get over his fear of boats. Let's uh, just leave that. Okay, there. we didn't have to say anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> but before those moments, there's that just you know. The group of boys wanted to help her out. And just yeah. like, I love those it's nice. nice tropes. I, I love her. I love her whole trope. I, I like her her arc of oh you know, the gosh, story. Oh my gosh, she's yeah. amazing. But um, I want to be her when I grow up. Oh, but, wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> you might not want to when you find out I had a crush on her when I was <laughs> younger. So, yeah. Okay. So, ultimately, on the ruling on One Crazy Summer, classic or not? I think so. You think so? Okay. Because. For me, a classic has to be unique enough that if it's done again, someone goes, that's just like that movie. But it also has to have those tropes like the nerdy guy and the nerdy guy's friend who's kind of weird. And then you have the two siblings who are kooky and you have the one weird girl who's just kind of dark and yeah you've got the girl who he falls in love with who's you know hippie whimsical so so here's the thing about what you're saying is what you're describing is the reverse because better off dead had all those 
this comes after that. So to your point, you are correct. Mm-hmm. You just have the movies reversed. Okay. So, but you're right because Better Off Dead is a classic, and it was a movie that kind of stood out. And so to recreate that with One Crazy Summer, I think you're spot on in saying what makes a classic is that if somebody were to recreate or repeat or yeah. take the same approach, you immediately associate that. In this case, you've got a director who's got a very distinct style of yeah. movie that he does. Wash, and, rinse, repeat. Yeah, yeah and so what you're thing. seeing, it's not wash, rinse, repeat necessarily because it, it takes the same nature and spirit yeah, and true. puts it in a different... Con- mm-hmm. So it's not a direct sequel, it's just a it's movie not. in that kind of vein. It's almost like it's almost its own genre, but not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're giving it a thumbs up on the classic? I'm giving it a thumbs up on the classic. Okay, guess what? <laughs> I'm giving it a classic too. Uh, I think that's great for us to start on our very yeah. first episode. We both agree one crazy summer classic maybe not high art but it's one of those movies that you gotta love because it's just there's nothing else like it other than the movie that came before it better off dead (laughs) Dead. they are their own movies in themselves so that's two classics for us so nathan with a classic jessica with a classic how are you liking this you you look you excited about it i'm actually really excited for what's coming next oh that's gonna be a surprise yeah so (laughs) is it one that i'm gonna i haven't decided yet Oh no! (laughs) like i decided on one crazy summer in the spur of a moment so that's where we're gonna start so i feel like maybe these movies need to have an emotional gut feeling that we're gonna go with so uh, we'll see. I think the next one needs to be a little bit darker. Oh, you want darker? Okay. I want a little bit darker. So balance the comedy yeah, with a little like, bit, a little bit of seriousness, we go this, drama. And then we go like, well, he, bre- does bre- how dark do you think Breakfast? Club but is? I didn't say Breakfast Club is on the list. But I want it to. I know you I want it to be on movie. the list. But I'm in charge of the list, so. <laughs> And and and, and it, to be honest with this you, this is a petition to get Nathan to put Breakfast Club yeah, on the list. No, let, let's be now, now. Let's be let's be. Uh, open about this it's it's almost like it's too easy if you've already seen the movie I know it's almost too easy so maybe we give it some time we get through what we want to watch and or what I want us to watch because it's <laughs> my my uh, it's rules yours. it's my yeah. rules um, we'll see what we find and then maybe we'll come back and revisit it but alrighty so until then uh, until our next movie which yeah. hopefully will be soon we'll get this out quick enough thank you guys if you've been listening Go watch One Crazy Summer. Please do. And if uh, and if you love it, let us know. We're going to uh, get an email up in the show notes where you can contact us. If you got suggestions for movies and they're on a streaming service, let us if know. If we can watch them. If we can, get, if we can them. find them without having to pay for them, uh, that is one of the rules. They have to be on a streaming service. So uh, let us know, and we'll see if we can get your movie up on here. Remember, 1973 to 1999, nothing after that. Jessica. Yes. Thanks for... Being on this adventure with me. Of course, I'm trekking through. All right, we're excited. All right, everybody, thank you guys for tuning in. And you know what? Go have fun watching a movie.